Welcome to Disruption Now. I'm your host and moderator, Rob Richardson. I'm James Keyes. I'm Tunde Romano. And I'm Amisha Croft. So everything is big in, in Texas, including injustice. Crystal Mason, you may have heard about her. She was she's an African-American woman who's a returning citizen. We don't like to use the words former felon, but she was recently released from prison and she got out and wanted to participate in society, was encouraged by her friends and family to vote. She didn't know, and so she wanted to. It's part of what she wanted to do as, as a citizen to become active. So she went, and she went down to vote, and her name wasn't there. And uh, she, was, she was encouraged by the election uh, volunteer to say, look, you can take a provisional ballot, which is something you can do if you're not sure you're, uh, of your status. And she voted, and her vote was thrown out. That's not the part of the story that's important. The part of the story is important is the prosecutor focused on prosecuting her for illegally voting and she, and she was sentenced to five years, five years in prison for, I guess, accidentally voting when she didn't know she shouldn't be voting. Now, keep in mind, Texas is one of these few states that you can't vote even when you're out of prison if you're on parole. It actually goes back to something that's uh, just in the DNA of this country to try to find ways to suppress the vote. But I want to talk about this case in particular and talk about everything that I think it symbolizes in terms of what's going on in this country and what's been part of a long, I can't even call it long conspiracy. It's really been a concentrated and almost overt effort to suppress votes. And if you don't believe me, I want you to listen to this clip from Paul Weirich. He is, he is considered the founder, the father of the conservative movement. Take a listen. How many of our Christians have what I call the goo-goo syndrome? good government. They want everybody to vote. I don't want everybody to vote. Elections are not won by a majority of people. They never have been from the beginning of our country, and they are not now. As a matter of fact, our leverage in the elections quite candidly goes up as the voting populace goes down. Now, look, if you listen to what he says, he was very clear. He said, look, I don't care about good government. I don't care about everybody voting. That's not how we win elections. In fact, we increase our chances of winning as less people participate in voting. That's a model for what you see going on. I think that's at the heart of what's going on here in combination of our criminal injustice system sometime. But, hey, I want to talk to the panel and kind of get your feedback. So, uh, Amisha, I want to go to you first. And I know you're very involved in criminal justice reform like me. What was your takeaway of this case? And, you know, where, I mean, like, where do you think we go from here? Um, I, I think that in the larger criminal justice reform context, we have to be mindful of the individuals who can't vote who are on parole, of the individuals who have extensive uh, um, parole regulations that also, you know, inhibit them from doing regular things like taking taking their kids to school or picking them up or sometimes visiting them. Um, the big takeaway here, I think, is that once you are released the entire point is for you to be able to re-enter society and to regain all of the constitutional rights that you had before you were incarcerated. And we have a large swath of the American population that is not able to do that. And more and more, and more states are beginning to, uh, or more and more reformists in states are beginning to push for voting rights for those who've been previously incarcerated. However, um, we're still seeing a lot of aggression against it. And the quote that you use is exactly the, the same quote that the Trump administration used um, when they were trying to add that uh, very controversial census question. So we do have to be yeah. mindful of the fact that um, the, the cohesive um, process of trying to remove people from the electorate is very real. And it doesn't yeah. only extend to those who have been incarcerated, it also extends to a new voting population of more Absolutely. brown people. 
Yep. No, it's across the board. Um, when you look at uh, the the election in Georgia for governor this past uh, or the, the the past cycle, um, the Secretary of State was the was running for governor, and he made it, made it a point to throw a bunch of people off the rolls, and it, it had nothing to do with felons. It had to do with just he was trying to thin out the vote and make it as difficult as people or difficult as possible for people to vote. And, and also, what he did in Georgia, you could do in almost any state because yep. right now on the books there are forty seven other states that have that exact same provision they're doing it here in ohio the uh, blackwell did it for bush you know like that was that it was a quid pro quo but they they kind of sold blackwell out after the fact but when well, you that's Blackwell's, what happens when you're black and you give your black display <laughs> but then, go ahead sorry <laughs> but, but no i mean it, it's i think we have to look at it um in a, in a broader context than this one of the political parties one of the two political parties the main political parties in our country their stated objective is to stop people from voting this is a problem. They need to be called out on this as much as possible. That is anti-American as it gets. That's as anti-American yep. as it gets. We want to stop as many people from voting as possible. That's part of our strategy. That's not strategy. That's called disenfranchisement. That's trying to take the American vote away or the, the, the vote away from Americans. Yep. And so as long as that's what's going on, I mean, people that call themselves Republicans, they have to say, okay, oh, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with you know, the party that I may not be a racist, but I support racist. I'm not, I may not be a person who, who actively uh, is, is suppressing vote or sit, sitting outside polling areas with a gun, but I support the people that do. And ultimately this isn't a both sides issue. This is an issue where one side, like I said, their stated goal yep. is to stop people from voting, stop American citizens from voting by any means necessary. If it's going to be a grandfather clause, they'll do that. If it's going to oh. be a poll tax, they're going to do that. Whatever they can do, they're going to do. And now we got a lady getting prosecuted and it's just to set an example. It's yep. just to make people afraid that, hey, if you vote and I find some reason That's exactly why you what it is. Vote, That's exactly what it is. have any intent, I'm going to come after you. I'm going to try to put you in jail for five years. And there's it's this narrative. And there's this narrative. I think you want to say something, Amisha, but there's this narrative that they put to make people feel better about doing something wrong. It's we're trying to stop voter fraud when there's been zero, zero evidence of it. The Bush administration tried. Trump made up some, some, some trumped up reasons for voter. He's still making it up. Remember, he claims the voter fraud was the re in California was why he lost the popular vote. There's millions and millions of vote. Like it's nonsense though. It's nonsense. It's, <laughs> it's all that's, that's after the fact justification. We know yep. the game plan. They've told us the game plan. The game plan is, stop people from voting they just say after the fact like oh yeah, yeah it's because uh uh oh yeah uh voter fraud there's voter fraud yeah yeah that's why we do it. like that's nonsense though and Tunde, you know, you think about it, these efforts really took some new intensity right after the election of Barack Obama. They did not expect the numbers that Barack Obama inspired and produced when 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 they saw and I was, and I'll just say the the other political party, the GOP saw that he got people to vote at that level. They saw we might not be able to win elections because make no mistakes. If people voted at the levels they did for Barack Obama, there would be no Tea Party. There would be no there would be none of this right now. So they saw that. And when they got back in power in 2010, they did everything they could to create these laws. And there were what, what, what people may not see is that that clip we just showed from 30 years ago. That was part of an organization that's still around called ALEC. 
You can look it up, and they have coordinated laws. They say as soon as they got in power, they said, look, make sure you pass these laws to make sure less people can vote. So I yeah, think people it goes in with the gerrymandering, too. That's a part yeah. of it, too. And I got to push back on you a little bit, yeah, just in the sense that the, the, the you didn't say this. I know you didn't mean it, but I just want to make sure it's clear. Okay. They, 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 it's not by that they're forced to do this. This is not because, oh, well, we just can't win if we don't do this. No, no, no. They could change their platform. They could be more inclusive. They could be more American and say, hey, all men are created equal or, hey, everybody should have equal protection under the law. They could, you know, like adopt like constitutional values. But no, they don't want to do that. They want to do other things and they want to keep pushing things that are anti-constitution, anti-American. And so if you're going to do that, the majority of the people are not going to support that. So what do you have to do? Knock out the majority of the people. Make sure the majority of the people can't speak or can't have yeah, their right. voice heard. It's more so a push towards progressive ideals and a push against progressive ideals than anything else. Because what we do know is that as the country gets more brown, um, we're seeing uh, a a stronger propensity for individuals, specifically younger individuals. And this happens. This has happened across generations. The younger the person is who's voting, the more they push a little bit more to the left. And we're seeing it happen more and more. And we're seeing it happen across states that we typically have basically written off as states that are unwinnable as Democrats, Georgia being an example. Georgia did not matter to anyone until this last gubernatorial election. Everyone thought Georgia was a lost call. We're seeing this happen across the South. And Texas is certainly one. And Texas is one for sure. And they are trying to do as much as they can through redistricting, through gerrymandering, through voter suppression to ensure that you will not see this happen. You're talking about holding a woman for five years. Five years is, pro- is probably longer than the sentence that um, that Amber Geiger is going to get for shooting a dude. Like, yeah. literally, her sentence was 10, but she's more than likely going to serve yeah. less than five. That's just facts. And somebody is dead. So, so you you're walk in somebody's about- house, you shoot them dead. And you probably serve less time than trying to vote in good faith. Texas is known for big injustice. You- yeah. But they do yeah. well. It's what they do well. I mean, it's just it's just who we are. Tuna, did you have a question? I thought you had a question. Yeah, no, I want to point out, too, your sentence is longer than Paul Manafort's for treason and bank fraud and taxes yeah. and the whole nine yards. So, um, no, but this is a good conversation because this is great because I feel like the, definitely the ignorant guy in the room here uh, in terms of the processes behind it. So what I, what I would ask you, I actually have a question for everybody here on the show to maybe okay. explain a, a little bit deeper because I, I feel like I, I hang around a lot of conservative friends and I feel like if they were to hear this conversation now, it'd be like, oh, yeah, here we go again, voter suppression, all that. And I also feel like there's a lot of people that this is happening to. Right. That also, like like this lady in this article, that also don't really understand how does how does this happen? And so maybe I'd ask you guys to maybe parse out, like, what does this mean? Because I think someone like me that understands voter suppression historically understands it from the context when it was more aggressive and overt, when you literally had, like, this is pretty aggressive, though. No, what I mean is overly. I mean, when you had like Klansmen standing at polling centers, yeah. and you know, yeah, after yeah. the Civil War, blacks had to go to to to, to vote like in right. caravans because they they had. Uh, to I, I, I think it's really understand. It's a great question. I think it's Tunde really understanding the full context of that. It wasn't, they put Klansmen there to scare people, but they also put laws in place uh, to make it harder and to disenfranchise uh, people. That. Right, right. But, but, I, but I think you talk about, you're, talk, you're talking about your conservative friends, what they 
may not appreciate is that these laws were created, literally the ones that are on the books right now in Texas and all across the South, to find reasons to put black people in jail, to prevent black people from voting, and to almost reinstitute uh, reinstitute slavery. Let's let's tie that thread together so the audience can actually see it. And I'm not saying you got to give me every law now. It's just that I know... You guys are attorneys and are better versed on how this stuff works than me. I'm not an attorney, but well, it is not just it is not just the South. So I think that we correct. need to expand the scope as well. Um, an example, I, I think, a modern one would be what we just saw happen by referendum in Florida a few months ago. Um, in addition yeah. to changing governors, what they also voted for is to reinstate voting rights for those who previously yes. served time. By and constitutional, the governor immediate. has definitely yeah, denied voted. that. The people voted, but Democrat, Republican across the state, they voted that this was what they wanted to do. And at the end of the day, the governor decided to add a tax to those individuals who were coming to vote. This is a problem. This is a problem because one, it takes us back hundreds of years. We haven't had a poll tax for a very long time, but also it is inherently unconstitutional. In a lot of situations, you don't necessarily see it as overt, like, uh, you know, polling People will change polling places and not tell individuals where the new polling place is. I have aunts who live in areas where that has happened. All of a sudden, you know, you have a larger black community or a community that has become more black or brown over the past few years. All of a sudden you move the polling place. Now the polling place is in some shadowy place where you make it smaller. smaller. The lines are a lot longer. Mm -hmm. The machines don't work. There are a lot of things that are that's happening. All, that that's all over Ohio. You're so right. That's all I have. Yeah. I can, I can well, speak. Let me ask you a question then, because when I hear about like, like I, I know what happened in Georgia last year in the election. And it's, and it's interesting to me because where I look at it is, okay, the guy's the attorney general running for governor. Secretary of state. Yeah. Sec, sorry, secretary of state. But he clearly has some sort of influence within the state apparatus. He's the one that counts He's the, the one most. that's over the elections. <laughs> my point is. So first of all, my first question was, well, how is it ethically possible that he's allowed to change the law? Because constitutionally, they do not require him to step down. Correct. In most states, that's not the case. It's not ethical, but the rule didn't require it. But that's what I'm saying. So that's what I'm trying to get you guys to really parse out here so I can understand in the audience, which is I hear that on the news. A guy just purged 53,000 people from the rolls. It looks unethical because, yeah, like you're saying, he's secretary of state. He's got the power to do this to influence his own election. He's running in a few months. So let's let's start with an example of that for people that might be hearing that and say, oh, here we go again, talking about this stuff. How does that actually happen, though? Like, how does it happen? But is your question, though, like from that standpoint, that person's not going to be convinced. That person doesn't I'm not want worried to be about convinced. convincing them. Then maybe we can educate the audience who wants to learn how to avoid it. Like, my point is. Well, well now that's a different question, though. Yeah. So hold on, let me just get the question out. So forget about where it's coming from. The question is, how does a man like that guy, Brian Kemp, get by himself or with a few cronies to purge 53,000 people in his state off the voter roll? That's what I'm, I don't understand. Very, very easily. Um, so like I said, there are 47 states currently that have that exact same law on the books. So whether you're a Democrat, democratically led um, state or not, most states have this. Most states don't necessarily follow it to the T of implementation that he decided to do. Meaning and that what, this was the, the rule that if you hadn't voted in what, two cycles, if you hadn't voted in two cycles, if a letter was missing out of your yeah. name when yep. you registered or when somebody, you know, put your name in, into the database, mm -hmm. um, if, if, you had, if you match, had moved to a whatever. different place, yeah, then you, you were automatically gone. 
And mm. it's a problem. Like, I mean, most of us don't update our uh, our address as soon as we move, especially if we move in the same community. Yeah. Um, that, that's that's typically not something that happens. And the poor so, does it. If you're poor, you often often move a lot. I mean, all of that is on right. purpose. All that's on purpose, making it making it harder for your ID to match. I mean, there, you know. So if you if you, you know, and so, you have no idea what somebody put your name in as. So I correct. can fill out my voter registration information, and I've had you know people spell my name wrong all the time. It's not necessarily the easiest name to spell, right. but um, if somebody inputs your data and it's off by one letter, all of a sudden you can no longer vote. Like that's that is the problem. And well, it's but again, too. the issue it's, is the it, it, you, you get down in the weeds and you can start trying to make a case for anything. The issue is here's what we know: the objective of the Republican Party is to stop as many people from voting as possible. You know who else knew that and and jumped onto that? Russia. Russia said, hey, this is a good way to help Russia Republicans yep. get elected. Let's try to suppress black vote. This is all documented like th this is not if you don't want to see it, you won't see it. Now, if you want to try to avoid it, then it's going to be very difficult. You need to vote the cycle before. If Brian Kemp was voted out of office previously yep. and if people cared about the fact that the people who are making these decisions are doing so in a way to try to exclude them from the process to try to lock them up or lock their children up, then they would be voting more. And if you can overwhelm this situation, but you have to show up to do so. Yeah. But everybody, people were in, enthralled by Barack Obama's charisma and it didn't matter about voter suppression. Then if no, somebody showed up, it didn't matter. Correct. The issue, the, the other issue here, and it goes back to your fir first point, Rob, is that um, when we're talking about people who have been, uh, who have been previously incarcerated, we're largely talking about African-American males. Yeah. Um, one of my friends who is a Democratic strategist wrote an article earlier today that got published about how the Democratic Party has basically um, catered to the black female vote. And in large part, it is because in number, the black yeah. female vote is significantly higher. And it's Absolutely, significantly yes. higher, not because we want to participate more, but because there are a lot of black men that are just locked out of the process in general. Mm -hmm. So it makes a lot of sense for if we're pushing for liberation, if we're pushing for full inclusion, that we're also arguing for um, more access to, to voting, specifically for populations that even within our own demographic that have suffered under the weight of a system that just doesn't work for us for hundreds of years at this point. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I'll say this, bottom line, if every election cycle we see tens of thousands of people, leg legitimate voters get thrown off the rolls off of some threat of voter fraud that we never see evidence of, yep. what side are you on? You know, are you on the side that we have to prevent some voter fraud that nobody can 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 identify, nobody can prove versus at the expense of tens of thousands every cycle in multiple states of voters getting thrown off the rolls? Legitimate voters show up. I can't vote the the, the crystal in, in Texas, in her case. Yes, she was in, she wasn't on the roll properly. But what about the rest of the people that were off the rolls and that could have been on the rolls? And there was no malicious intent in her process. And I think that we have to get to yes. that as well. When Republicans we like to tout voter fraud, it's a it's a easy talking point. It has never been substantiated by actual data fraud. at all. But nobody um, supports nobody it. Nobody on either side would support yeah, voter fraud. Nobody <laughs> saying it. You it's like, it's like illegal, illegal immigration. No one really supports that, that people just pouring over the border. But you're right. One side makes a very interesting marketing case. They know how to market. Only once, sorry, only once porous borders. 
And, you know, so it's, it's right. A lot of it is spin and marketing. Republicans own marketing. They are the best marketers in the world. Horrible legislating, but boy, they can market. I mean, you could just, yeah. just take, take, a, take a line from them about how to say your message. Because they, they could sell you something that doesn't make any sense, but they were like, oh, that sounds good. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, yeah, I like what he said. But I think for the audience, those listening that want to know how to prevent, I think Jimmy's point is, is the best, which is everyone's just got to show up. And, and you know, vigilance. I had this. I had this feeling when probably, I don't know, 10 years ago or Show more. Show up over and over again, too, by the way. Not no, just once. This was in the not the same election. day. Just just to be clear, we're not advocating for you to show up and, and vote multiple times in each day. We're not saying very uh, early yeah. and often. We're not doing the Richard Daly here. We're not saying. Right, we're saying but every cycle. And check check your status outside of an election, yeah. outside yeah. of an election year. Um, at the end of yeah. the day, like it, it's a pretty easy thing to do. Um, to make sure that all all of your um, all of your registration is still there, everything is clear that the rules and the laws have not changed. Again, because it's hard to make a nationalized statement when a lot of this is extremely local. You can go um, there online. are rules and regulations in certain areas that just don't yes. exist in other places. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You can go online to see if you're registered to vote. There's there there's if you just Google am I registered to vote in your state, there's all types of links you can figure it out. You can figure this out. I think the bigger question is I, I want to go back to what you said, Amisha, too. At the state level, when you look at you know criminal justice reform, you look at this prosecutor. Uh, I've said it many times on this show. Uh, who your prosecutor is is more important than who your president is. Really, really important. So when we talk about elections, I know we have a big presidential election coming up, but anywhere, wherever you're at, if you're in Texas, you're in Ohio, wherever you happen to be listening, if you have an election, which you probably do for some judges, for your prosecutors, you want to know what you can do about these laws, make sure you know who they are, what they stand for, and vote. Yeah. And vote every single time. And the don't just wait for don't, don't wait for the savior. There's no there's no savior coming. Barack Obama's yeah. not coming Our, to save Iron you. Iron Man nobody. is not coming. No, he's not coming. He's not showing <laughs> up in the suit. He's not coming. Yeah, yeah. And, and yo, and see, that's the thing. The way you the way you make this stop happening is you send a message at the ballot box that this prosecutor, that this action is not acceptable. And then if somebody does something like this, they'll get voted out. People do this because they believe that there will be no consequence. If you show there is consequence for taking actions like this, then prosecutors won't be so bold in doing it. Absolutely. You know, it's it's just, it's just, this is really kind of tragic when you think about it. That's that's one thing I thought of, about probably, I think it was the 04 election. Remember, it was more than 10 years ago. One of the elections where the whole issue of voter ID became the big issue, remember? That was 08. That was 08 and 010. That was right after Barack Obama was elected. That hey, was on man, purpose. That seems to come up every yeah. single time. The first, the first time voter ID really took off was um, in Bush's in Bush's race, actually. Was it? Bush, second. Oh, was it? Okay. Second. Yeah. The point I'm making is because the feeling I had, I was watching a lot of the kind of liberal class and democratic class um, arguing about how unfair it is to force people to get IDs and all this. And I thought to myself, you know, why do people always kind of fall for the trap of the argument? Because in the end of the day, I'm I'm sure if we look at how many people really don't have any kind of ID, it's probably a very small number. And number two, but if we step into the 21st century, you can't open an account at a bank or anywhere without an ID. Of and we have a lot of unbanked people. I think that the yeah. bigger argument there for me this is, is that this is not about can, banks, we, though. can we fund them to get those? Because if you're going to force people to do it, then, then provide those for them. So here that was yeah. my point. It's, it's kind of saying like my feeling watching all these people. And I don't want to name pundits and all that because it's not about being personal. But it was a lot of people we see on a lot of the left leaning talk shows that were complaining about it. 
And my thought was, why was playing the victim? Like, let's empower people. Let's just get buses at every church. You who, who paying for that, man? Like, like, but this is this is the basic. The, pro, the problem I have with that argument is that this is a basic right. This is not banking. You don't have a basic right to have a bank account. You have a basic right to vote. My point is this: is like I, I had a problem after Trayvon Martin with the idea of the stand your ground law because I thought the kid was killed, killed unfairly. But I knew that the Florida legislature living down here was not going to do anything about that law. So my attitude telling my friends was, you know what, all of us as black men in this state should just go and get a concealed weapons permit because I bet you the minute all of us do, they're going to change that law. So my point is, is that if instead of trying to trying to argue back that argument about voter ID, that we just went to our people and said, all right, let's all get IDs because you know what, that's going to keep forcing them into a corner Right to well, show who they really are. Now, I, I, I think, think there's insight there. But it's kind of showing that this is BS. That's my hold point. On, hold up. No, no, no. That's not showing anybody it's BS. But that is, there's insight there. The insight there is that everybody doesn't have to do the same thing. Like, okay, yeah, we should have pundits pointing out that it's very unfair and how un-American it is. But then we should also have fundraisers and organizers out there trying to actually make it happen. And so it's not like we, we can all say, hey, same day voter registration, everybody, 100 percent of, of people who believe that Americans should be able to vote. Or some of us can say same day voter registration and argue hard for that. And the others can try to get people registered to vote like we don't all have, we can walk and chew gum. No, at the same I time. that. I'm so, just saying this. But you pointing out saying that I see all these pundits complaining about this. They can do that. That's what their job is. But let's have the other group. Let's have uh, the other Jimmy. I think there's one. That's all, I see one more thing too. Too now, I want to. I want to add another uh, point to what Jimmy is saying too. The issue there is that, they, as Amisha was saying, they will add another layer. And, and the, if people are worried about what feeding their kids and their lives, they don't have t- time to keep up with every single rule and how every single rule changes. And they and they change these rules to only affect people that have a lot of other issues to worry about. Like so, they change. The, they're they're purposeful about it. So let's let's make it harder if you're not in a residence for like ten years straight let's let's make these rules because they know their voters are gonna are gonna fit this profile it's not gonna affect them that's the issue so people aren't gonna have time you know we are everyone on the show has some level of privilege that's the perpetual underdog mindset though like no start winning elections and then you overturn that stuff i I agree with that too but but i'm also saying i'm I'm saying i don't i'm not gonna be losing forever point is these voter id laws perpetuate and prey on a specific group of people they're typically those who are low income they're typically those who are low educated they're typically those who that's all i'm saying um, and we should fight by, against you know, them. extreme poverty and other issues. But we should also try to try, try to put the banana in the tailpipe too, uh, and, and try to short circuit it too. I agree. It's a both end. I do think that it's, it is a pushback strategy that if everybody got an ID, I agree with you guys. They create another layer of something, but at some point, they, only if they were in power. If everybody got an ID and voted, they'd be out of power, or they'd have to change the policy because that policy then wouldn't I get just you keep voted. Keep redrawing in. the maps. I mean, but at the end of the day, we again, have to just they change. have to be in power to do that. They have to true. be empowered to do but, that. But if, if you're going to take back, the position that we're always going to be behind the eight ball, what do you then, do when they cheat? Yes. Though? What do you do when they huh? cheat? Because we because there's some stuff about look. The thing is like they're going happened. to cheat. You have to win by enough so that they can't cheat. <laughs> yeah, that's you have to true. do what Obama did. They I'm cheat every time. Because yeah, you're right. People but can that cheat. That happens too. There's no there's no controlling cheating. But here's my yeah. No, there is controlling cheating. You control the prosecutor's office. You control. I get that. I'm not. I'm talking about let's say next year, 2020. I'm not talking about this big grand. You know, if 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 you kind of have a grand strategy again, you guys. it, It sounds like you're playing checkers. Look. 
what the oh, Republicans do is get in power and then make these changes. I haven't been able to finish my point yet. Go, go. <laughs> I think you finished the point, man. Yeah, go, go, I, I waited until you finished the point. Go ahead. And if it's going to be, the, we're going to run the tape back. If it's the same thing you said, then we're going to know. Yeah. Hold on. Because with the vote, because what I'm trying to say is more of an optics thing, not trying to get in the weeds about arguing the point. Jimmy, you're right. Everybody got a right to say whatever they want to say. This is a free country. My, my point in making, the, the point I was making is that with the voter ID law, because what do we just say coming into this part of the discussion? None of us support illegal voting or, or voter fraud, right? So my point is, is that when Republicans come and say that we need to have voter IDs and Democrats say, no, that's racist or no, that's suppression. My point is saying that for the average person that's not really in these deep, deep in the weeds with all these things, all they're hearing is one side saying, hey, we just want to have ID to make sure everybody's good. And another side saying, why should we? But then, so you, question, but then you question who they're forcing the idea. Right. And then Dunde, I, I think uh, you're trying to reach somebody, man. That you're that trying to reach be somebody. Reached, trying to be reached. Let me just finish the thought. You still haven't finished it? <laughs> this is a long thought today, Mike. Because you guys keep interrupting me. <laughs> so, is it the, so there's something beyond it's the optics of it. No, but my point is then we should just be focused on let's empower ourselves and everybody go get an ID. Didn't you just say it's a free country and people can say whatever they want to say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm saying do both. But I'm saying do both. I think we're, we're two day, like, two day, wait, wait, I actually want to move you off this point. I think we, we all agree. Hold on, two day. We all agree that we should empower ourselves, but we can also push back while we empower. That's all we're saying. That's it. I mean, like, I, so I think you you're know, saying I'm, everybody needs to shut up and just get an ID. We're saying, hey, complain to call out injustice and help people. get Yeah. An ID. Yeah. So like, I think I think we've hit this point. But like, what about this Tuesday? Let me let, let me ask another point. <laughs> what what do we say when they say, OK, we're just going to remove people off the ballots because they haven't voted in two years? What's our I think, oh, that's, I think that's BS. There's some, the majority of the nation only votes in presidential elections. Those happen every four. I don't yeah. care whether you're black, white or otherwise. Most people, sadly, don't vote in local elections. So they're only getting involved and engaged every four years. But they're only but removing certain two. people from those. Hey, I got to make this point. You got it. This is not checkers. This is chess. The Republicans don't sit around and complain when they're out of power about That's the stuff true. they would do or no, they, they could do. They just scheme about how to get back the in. They, they get exactly. in power and then they do it. Well, so how about this? How about you complain about when they do injustice? You work to remedy it and get around it. You get in power and then you knock that stuff out. So what's what they I'm do? Saying, so like, what's they do in Florida? Like Florida. So James, you're in Florida. Tune day, mm-hmm. you're in Florida. Right now, people did pass this law, constitutional freaking amendment. Yeah. yeah. And they still tried to find a way to, to prevent it from happening. What should people well, do now? They're trying to buy time because that's going to have to go through the courts. Like it's not going to it's not going to stand, you know. But it, it's going to have to go through the courts, which is going to take years and years and years. But that's what happens when they control the legislature and the governorship. Right. So again, you you get in power, you do what you want to do within the constructs of the Constitution if you're a Democrat and whatever you want to do if you're a Republican. And with screw the Constitution. So, yo, like I said, I said at the beginning, this is not a both sides issue right here. And, you know, I like to see both, uh, I like to see all perspectives of things. But frankly, there is a party here that stands for Americans, that stands for democracy, that stands for people being able to choose their government, a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And then there's a party that's not about any of that. They're about trying to keep people away. But they're much better. The second party is much better at, at advocating their narrative. 
than the well, first party. They have party. to be. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's by, net, by necessity. They can't show up and be like, yo, you, you, and you, you guys are done. You can't vote. But, but that <laughs> goes back to conversations we've had in the past that this is really about take, my, take our country back. You know, I mean, this is you're that's right. what it's always that, about. That's what Paul, Paul, right? They, they want the country to be controlled by them. And so, yeah. like, look, but look, look, eternal vigilance has always been the price of freedom. As James said, as you've said, look, we got you got to you got to stay woke if you want to stay free. You got to continue to fight. You got to continue to engage. You got to want it, man. You got to want it. Yo, I, want I, it. I, at this point, when we go around the world and we're like, we don't do it anymore as much. Um, but like we used to go around the world and try to instill democracies in places, whether it be covertly, whether it be with military intervention, we would try to go in and, hey, here, here's this great democracy. And a lot of times it wouldn't work. The people most have to want that. Most, yeah. Of work. Yeah, most of the time. And the reason why is the, it has to come from the people. If you want a government of the people, by the people and for the people, you know who has to show up and make sure that happens? The people. If but you I would give also it to argue them, that the American people don't understand the functionality of democracy anymore because they haven't seen it in so long. Democracy is well, just yeah, a term. I mean, that, they don't know what it looks like in practice. Well, yeah, I mean, it, 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 people, you know, they, they take civics out of the schools 30 years ago. And, you know, that like was you on have, purpose, too. We've talked yeah, that was, yeah, on, that purpose. was on purpose. Well, That's I mean, the secret, technically, isn't it a constitutional republic and not a democracy? Isn't that you have democratically yeah. elected officials. You so you call it what them. you want. The people select the leadership. Correct. To represent so us. That's yes. democratic elections right there. You call it, a, you could parse well, all that. That's what I'm asking you. You guys are the lawyers. Democratically I'm elected right officials, the officials then make the decisions. That makes it formally a republic. Correct. But again, you have democratically elected officials, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the selection of the officials, not necessarily direct democracy where the people are voting on the budget. And this you know, was like American we're... Government 101 with James Keyes. <laughs> 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 but yeah, there, there's a secret that there's a secret that nobody wants you to know, though. And that is that the U.S. Constitution is a flaming liberal document like that document is liberalism encapsulated. And you know, so do you know what's funny, though? When uh, well, actually it wasn't the, it wasn't the Constitution that was being read. It was the Declaration of Independence, which is extremely liberal. Yeah. That was that, that was being put on Twitter. And then people from, from the right wing started saying, why are you guys being so made against Trump on on? <laughs> like on no, Independence it, those Day. are liberal documents like because they were remember, like no but they were like dog that's that is the declaration that's, of that's the founding documents like and because you got to remember the the opposite of liberalism isn't conservatism you know conservatism and progressivism are, are opposing opposite of liberalism is like authoritarian like dictate which we're getting close or, to or or fundamentalism like religious you know dictatorship like that's you either get you either you know have a liberal democracy or you have some guy either a church or a strong man making all the decisions. Or, that's you're what calling, or you're calling Russia and the Ukraine to get a little help. Yeah. Hey, I've been asked to consult Ukraine on their democracy, by the way. There it is. There it is. So look, uh, actually, if if the listeners want to help Crystal Mason, you can go to Justice for Crystal Mason. She has a GoFundMe. Uh, you can uh, fund that. It's already got about $50,000. I think their goal is to get $80,000. That's something you can take action on. Uh, make sure you're registered to vote. We're going to have in the show notes uh, links to how you can do that as well. But until next time, we'll see you on Disruption. I'm Rob Richardson. I'm James Keyes. I'm Tunde Golana. And I'm Amisha Croft. And we'll see you next time.